I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. You look forward to weeks like this. We set our own standards. It's not just how you start, but how you finish. Get your popcorn ready. Looks like we didn't plug the microwave in, buddy. One of those games you have to grind it out. This is just one step. Stakes are high anytime you play in the SEC. This is why you play. This is a big game. We want to win it. You're either elite or you're not. We have our proverbial popcorn ready anyway. Glad to have you with us for this early edition of College Football Live. With Trevor Maddich and Mike Golick Jr., I'm Wendy Nix. There are so many things to like about this October matchup between Penn State and Iowa, so we'll get right to it. Iowa enters this one having won their last 11 straight. That's the third longest active streak in the FBS. Behind Alabama at 18, 19 and Oklahoma at 13, the streak includes a 20-point win at Penn State last year. The Nittany Lions 10-4 and four at Iowa in the AP poll era, the best record by any team to have played in Iowa City four times over that span. Kirk Ferentz and company haven't beaten the Nittany Lions at home since 2010. They've lost three straight at home. And Iowa leads the FBS in interceptions with 12, tied for the FBS lead in turnover margin. Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford threw two picks in a loss against Iowa last year, matching his season high. Trevor, listen, let's start here. This Hawkeyes defense, as I mentioned, tied for the nation's lead in turnover differential. They are solid. Why have they been so effective? Wendy, they're living up to their Hawkeye reputation for teamwork. It's so much fun to watch them on tape working together to make mistakes happen and then to exploit those mistakes. Here's a great example. Noah Shannon will get it started with pressure on the quarterback. But behind him, watching that pressure, is linebacker Jack Campbell. He knows the quarterback has to get the ball out right now and he might make a mistake. And he does. The ball's thrown too low. Shannon gets a hand on it. Behind him, Jack Kerner finishes it with the interception. All three of those guys should get one-third of an interception on that play because they all work together. And it's the same thing with the run. Mike, you'll love this. Logan Lee starts it off with beast mode. He eats up two blocks. So our friend, the pass deflector, Jack Campbell, is unblocked in the hole. Now the running back has to go to plan B. And that's where the running back makes a mistake. He forgets about securing the ball while he's trying to work his way out of the trap. And what happens is Justin Jacobs is going to knock that ball out. And who gets it and scores with it? But our friend, the pass deflector, Jack Campbell. Working together, making little things happen that add up to turnovers is why this Iowa defense is so good at takeaways. You know what? We all need a pass-deflecting friend. That's just words to live by, Trevor. Uh, On the other side of the ball, Mike, Iowa has a center everyone should know about. Maybe we aren't talking about it enough. Who is it? 
Yeah, that's Tyler Linderbaum. You want to talk about working together, Trevor. This Iowa offensive line has been tied on a string for quite some time. One of the best units in college football. Got to get the rushing numbers up. But they're led by Linderbaum. And if you're wondering, who is Tyler Linderbaum, who was once a very successful high school wrestler pinning right there? That should look familiar to Hawkeye fans. That's Tristan Wirfs, the first-round selection by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the All-Pro, and the Iowa Rate Room boogeyman. Tyler Linderbaum was described by Wirfs as a pit bull. You're going to see that tenacity on the field each and every down. He is relentless in the middle of that Hawkeye line that's going to have its hands full if they're going to get things done against Penn State. In the trenches, I like it, Mike. What's the key here for Penn State, Trevor? It's the passing game. I mean, this offense goes through Sean Clifford. Stop him, you stop the Penn State offense. And the thing is, defense knows that. And so they try sometimes way too hard to get after Sean Clifford, to pressure him, to tackle him in the pocket. But when they do that, a lot of times they get out of their passing lane. And they actually enable him instead of pressure him. Now, he can throw from the pocket as well, but when he gets out of the pocket especially is when he's the most dangerous. And so Iowa, they'll want to make him make mistakes, right? That's what Iowa does. But they need to make sure they don't make a mistake by trying too hard. Iowa's forced all kind of mistakes. You know, we did blind resumes yesterday, put Iowa's defense up against Georgia. I tell you what, it was hard to tell which was which, and we talk about that Georgia defense all day long. Uh, a programming reminder as we take a look at our Saturday night football game brought to you by Capital One, Jim Harbaugh, and number nine Michigan, by the way, in Lincoln to take on the Cornhuskers, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ABC, and the ESPN app, one app, one tap. We've got number six Oklahoma and number 21 Texas in the Red River Showdown. That's in Dallas on Saturday. Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian will get his first crack at the rivalry. The Longhorns trying to shake off their loss to Arkansas. They rank six in the FBS with 43.8 points and Bijan Robinson just tearing it up. We'll talk a little bit more about Bijan in just a minute. Right now, though, time for our Wendy's Weekend Wake Up, brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. There have been some serious shootouts in the Red River Showdown. In fact, the four highest combined point totals in this matchup's history have all come since 2012. Last look, the cake is it took to four overtimes, and they combined for 98 points. Uh, but look, Mike, let's talk. We always talk about the quarterbacks. Why stop now? Is the criticism of Spencer Rattler fair? No, Wendy, I've gotten really sick and tired of the home crowd chance for Caleb Williams, the talented backup here, because when you look at this Oklahoma offense, Spencer Rattler is still a guy out there making plays that only a handful of human beings can. The difference this year has been the offensive line has been more of a work in progress. Bill Biedenbaugh is a great offensive line coach. This is usually a rock-solid unit for them. They have struggled to get that ground game going for Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks. The good news is, as you're looking at this matchup, Texas comes in to this 105th in college football in terms of yards per rush allowed on defense and so if Oklahoma is going to try and build momentum off of what we saw against Kansas State a little more outside zone last week this is the defense to do it against. Trevor look this Texas offense is better than it was a month ago that's obviously to be expected given all the new faces the new head coach uh, and the new working parts but you know what what is working for that Texas offense. There's two things, Wendy. One is that Steve Sarkeesian, the former offensive coordinator at Alabama, is scheming up plays that make it easier for the offense to be successful. But in Bijan Robinson, he's also got a talent, much like he had at Alabama, that doesn't need the schemes. And he makes guys miss. And when he does, his burst of speed is borderline shocking. And even when you think you got him lined up, Wendy, you don't. 
I mean, he'll make a first guy miss. And then watch how he's in the air and in trouble. Up. Ah! But he comes out and hits the ground and spins out of a tackle that that safety thought was going to knock him out of the park. His combination of slipperiness and burst is something Oklahoma is going to have to deal with, and this might end up being a high-scoring game for Rattler because of it. Well, I tell you what, if you haven't had the chance to watch uh, to watch Bijan run, it, it, he's electric uh, with or without the football in his hands. Uh, clearly, uh, both of these teams will have their hands full. Again, the Red River Showdown. We don't even have to say rivalry anymore. Uh, coming up on College Football Live, we're going to talk a little LSU and Auburn. Auburn coming off a big win against LSU, I should say. But the question now, can Bo Nix solve that solid Georgia defense? College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're watching College Football Live. Presented by Dr. Pepper. The number two ranked Georgia Bulldogs get their first true SEC road test against the number 13 Auburn Tigers. Georgia's defensive front seven relentless, but there's also the question of that Bulldogs offense. How will it look against the eighth ranked rush defense in the country? Let's start with Auburn, though. Mike, I'll ask you this. How does Bo Nix's skill set set up against Georgia? Yeah, Wendy, we've seen in the past for teams that are going to try and upset these Goliaths, Alabama, Georgia, these rock-solid defenses. You need a quarterback who's got a little bit of off-script to him. Last week, in a situation coming off being benched against Georgia State, we saw the best of Bo Nix. We saw him get the ball out of his hands on time, operate this misdirection offense, mix in some quarterback run, and, of course, the off-schedule plays that were the highlight of a win against LSU. And in this game, it's going to have to be that and then some, Trevor, because we know it takes a little bit of this off-script, but Trying to catch this Georgia defense, especially out of position, uh, good luck with that one. Yeah, well, good luck if Bo Nix thinks that he's going to go that far off script and succeed against Georgia like he did against LSU, run all over the place and make plays. Because this Georgia defense is fa- excuse me, faster than LSU's defense. And if he tries to do that, he'll make some plays against the Bulldogs. He'll also get smashed against the Bulldogs. Because this is the most disruptive defensive line I have ever seen in college football. And it's backed by the fastest, most aggressive group of linebackers I've ever seen in college football. So Bo Nix will need to make off-schedule plays. You're right. But he better make sure he gets that ball out quickly or he makes decisions fast. Because if he tries to do too much and looks too much at his LSU tape, he's going to get himself a big headache. Listen, you two are both former. I'm not going to say your old offensive lineman. I'll say your former offensive lineman. So uh, tell us, for those of us who haven't done it, what's it like to go up against defense? Uh, like Georgia, Mike? 
Yeah, uh, well, first off, it would be nice to have somebody like Trevor Maddich next to you to cover up for the mistakes that I was going to make here. <laughs> but when you look at that group, Trevor, it starts with the group up front. We know as an offensive lineman, you're taught take care of the first level first. But when you've got linebackers that want to flow downhill that fast, I'm going to the offensive coordinator and I'm saying every bit of misdirection, motion you can muster up to try and get those dudes to sit on their heels for an extra split second going to be huge because I've got to worry about the Jordan Davises of the world. Right, and so what do you do as an offensive lineman? Jordan Davis is 6'6", 340. I played offensive line in college on a national championship team at 266 at center, right? So what do you do against a guy like that? You have to play. So what you need to do is really rely on your technique. He will break you down. But your first step needs to be perfect. Your hand placement needs to be perfect. You need to make sure you stay on your feet and don't get thrown to the ground like a rag doll. And then just push. And if your initial technique is good, hopefully you can make him take long enough to break you down that the play can succeed. But I played against a lot of guys that were bigger, stronger, and better than me. And all you can do is rely on your first step and your hand placement and hope that that's enough. Isn't it frustrating, guys, like everything else in life? comes down to the fundamentals. We don't want to do it. We don't want to practice them. But that's exactly what happens. Let's take a look at our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week. Arkansas and Old Miss meet for just the seventh time with both teams ranked in the AP poll. And Lane Kiffin looking to improve his record against ranked teams as a head coach. He has a 4-18 and record against ranked teams. So five of those losses came at a group of five school, FAU. Uh, Trevor, listen, how do these schools bounce back? Well, what Arkansas has to do is get lots of good play out of their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, but he was banged up last week against Georgia. So how well he'll be able to run really is to be determined and really it'll be a game-time thing before we know. But both teams played physical opponents, Alabama and Georgia, last week. Both teams were beaten down, and it's really hard to have a good week of practice, especially in the beginning when you're that physically tired and, and hurting. And so I think Arkansas has a chance to bounce back more quickly because Arkansas generally is a more physical team coming into it. Ole Miss is physical, Arkansas more so, and I think they'll recover faster from the beatdown of last week. And not only that, Mike, listen, that Alabama hangover is the real deal. It's, it's, it's no small feat that Ole Miss was up against. Uh, what, what has to happen there? Yeah, it's going to be just as much about the physical, Wendy, as the mental in this one. Go back to a year ago in this game. This was a turning point for Matt Corral and company at Ole Miss. He threw six interceptions that game, and Lane Kiffin put his arm around him and said, I've got your back. I'm going to stick with you. And what that did was create a quarterback who's approached this year with a level of professionalism that's got him skyrocketing up draft boards. This is a quarterback who spends the time during the week going through the plays on the game strip, repping the mental rep with a graduate assistant Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that he can see the picture clear on every play. This is a game where he knows things went really wrong for him last year, and it's going to be a great chance for him and the rest of his team. It's not one man against the world to go out there and exercise some of those defense and show everyone that that Alabama bump in the road is just that, not an indictment of who this team can still be going forward. You know what? I love that story. Not every head coach can do that because sometimes it's not true. Sometimes you will make a quarterback change. But to, to give him that, hey, this is, this is your job, simmer down, I mean, it can go a long way. Uh, and we'll see what happens next. Still, speaking of what happens next here on College Football Live, we'll do a little channel surfing as we work our way towards a terrific week six. We'll tell you what games we're watching that we may not have mentioned yet. Stick around. Find out what's up.
College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Coach, I went back and found some of your placards from your Oregon days. Okay. I'm hoping, hoping you can help me understand how to read this. This is our Smarty package because we thought Scott was pretty smart. In this one, if we used it, uh, Mucho Gusto was our mid-zone play, and it went direction based on the hash. So the, our guys would have known where the ball was going. We didn't have to call a right or a left call with it. Is it only maybe two pictures that mean something? And it Sometimes be three they all or four? do, but we would tell them, hey, it's just What's lower when right at? for this week. And we would move them around. It was around Halloween, so that one really didn't mean anything. Nothing. So we just threw so that in there. So there were some dummy pictures. Oh, there's pictures, a lot of dummy. A lot of, lot of, lot of decoy. Are, I'm just going to tell you, it's 95% <laughs> dummy. We held them up on every play, so you didn't know which ones we were looking at. What are we as a brotherhood willing to give up for this family? All for one. All for one. All for the rep. All for the rep. Why Not Us premieres on ESPN Plus October 14th. For more on the weekend in HBCU, here's Tiffany Walker and Tiffany Green and Jay Walker. We are headed to our nation's capital for a Friday night flow between Morgan State and Howard. Tiffany Green along with my partner Jay Walker. It's a homecoming for you returning to the place where you won a Black College National Championship. Now let's talk about your bison for a second. Coming off a win, a short turnaround, however, but they're trying to capitalize on that momentum heading into Friday's MEAC home opener. A historic night for first-year head coach Larry Scott. One, I'll tell you, the Bison have never played on a Friday, and the Bison have never had a night game on Friday. So it'll be historic. It'll be a rowdy atmosphere. And Coach Tyrone Wheatley, when he brings in the Morgan State Bears from down 95, they're going to be in for a matchup. But more importantly, both teams want to get off to a winning start. Conference play is here. All the money games that go along with HBCU football, they're over with. It's all about a clean slate and conference play, and this game will keep somebody in contention. And, Jay, you and I both know this is just the tip of the iceberg for the games that are happening this weekend. We move over to the SWAC, and I think none bigger than Alabama A&M's homecoming. The SWAC champions from the spring, they are playing host to Jackson State, and it's the top top-ranked uh, defense in all of uh, SWAC versus the number one offense. You could have circled this game a month ago when the, when the schedule first came out. Everybody knew this was going to be the game of the year. Talk about the number one offense versus number one defense. But how about this? You've got the two top quarterbacks within this conference. We're talking about Shadur Sanders from Jackson State and Aquil Glass, who's the NFL prospect from Alabama A&M. They're the top two, without question. And then you've got the top two showmen out there. We talk about a showman. I don't know of a better showman in HBCU football than Alabama a and head coach Condell Maynard. Oh, wait a minute. There may be one. I think that guy, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders down at Jackson State, is probably a bigger showman. Nobody's going to budge. This will be a fantastic football game at Jackson State with a lot riding on it in terms of the SWAC Eastern Division. I cannot wait to see the personality after whoever pulls out that victory to control their own destiny in the SWAC East. But, of course, we kick it off Friday night, 8 p.m. over on ESPNU, Morgan State versus Howard. Guys, thank you. I think you made the right call on primetime, by the way. As we get set for a little channel surfing, and you better have yours ready, Trev, because there's so much to watch. Don't look now. Michigan, a perfect 5-0. and And... Don't look now, but I'm about to say something truly shocking. Michigan can throw the ball. 
in the first part of the season, they didn't have to throw because the running game was dominant. But against Wisconsin, the running game kind of went away. And Cade McNamara had to win the game with his arm, and he did. If they can keep this going, Michigan will be a real threat. It takes a lot for me to say nice things about Michigan, but you're right, Trevor. Seeing that offense be able to evolve against that staunch defense, going to be another test. I think we all got the wrong idea about Nebraska up front after that Illinois loss early in the season. Been a much more physical group along the lines of scrimmage. Going to be a great challenge for Michigan as they look to try and keep this rolling. But trying to keep things back, get things back on track, I should say, is where we got to head next because, boy, oh, boy, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish are going to need a little bit of help this weekend. Heading to Blacksburg, big-time game against the Hokies. And there's been a lot made about the quarterback situation at Notre Dame. Brian Kelly still not giving away who is going to be under center. I got to look at Drew Pine, though. The third stringer to start the season behind Jack Cohn and Tyler Buckner has come in and provided a spark for Notre Dame on a number of instances. You saw him against Wisconsin at Soldier Field. And then last week when they got down at home to Cincinnati, Trev, I think his mobility is the key behind an offensive line that is banged up and underperforming this year. Well, Mike, I've got good news and bad news about your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You ready? The good news is they have the perfect features at the quarterback position. The bad news, those features are split among different guys. Jack Cohn is the experienced guy, but he's about as mobile as the Statue of Liberty. The freshman backups can move around, but they've got very little, if any, experience. And so somehow they'll have to make that work behind that line. Now, Ohio State against Maryland. I've got the Buckeyes back up at number five in my power ranking and rising fast. Their offense is hitting on all cylinders right now. They lead the nation in total offense. It's the defense that has been the grand marshal in the parade of mental errors. This defense has given up a lot of big plays that they shouldn't have based on their talent because they weren't in the right spot. They're playing a lot of young guys. They've had some injuries. Now they're starting to come back together. We kind of left Ohio State for dead, but as we've watched what's happened in the ACC, the Pac-12 eating itself alive. Don't count out the Buckeyes going forward. A great get-right here, game here against a Maryland team that just turned the ball over a whopping seven times against the Hawkeyes not too long ago. Going to have to be a much more conservative approach from Mike Loxley and the bunch. And of course, we have got an absolute beauty this weekend. Trev, someone has got to win. I sat in my hotel after the game I called last weekend, watching UConn take Vanderbilt down to the wire and lose on a last second field goal. I got a feeling the Huskies, who have been competitive in their last couple of games, are finally going to get off the schneid here and manage to pull off a win. Stores is going to be rocking when they get back home after this win versus UMass. And Mike, this is in Alabama, Georgia, but they care just as much. I'll be happy for the winner. Yeah, it, do, it does. It doesn't matter. By the way, if you don't take anything from this show, wait, let me get it right, Trevor. The Grand Marshal in the Parade of Mental Errors. I love yep. By the way, story of my life. So now at least it has a label. <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? Get ready for week six, everybody. Another wild ride. Uh, for Mike and Trevor, I'm Wendy. We'll see you back here tomorrow.